Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. All right. Okay. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the month of November. So we are moving to a new series today. Oh, so excited. Uh, the theme of the month of November is the experience. Everybody say the experience. Somebody said I said the experience. If you are watching me, type the experience. The experience. The experience. So what do we mean by the experience? What is this all about? I'm going to be introducing my message today, and we're going to carry it on till the end of the year. Amen. The experience. So the, the theme is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, from verse 9 to 10. What is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. You know, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but you know, I think the more appropriate... Um, name for it is the disciples prayer and the prayer that he taught the disciples so because we know that he did not commit sin so there's no way he could have prayed you know forgive us our sin amen so but he taught us this is how he taught us to pray so jesus said pray like this our father in heaven may your name be kept holy so we're going to be delving into this prayer in, in the, you know, for the rest of the month, right? But this is what I want you to note you know, from our thing. Let's go to the next. Except, you know, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. The, the next verse, verse 10, says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the, the key words or the key phrases phrase for this series is on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody say on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus was telling us that we should pray that certain things happen on the earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So listen, this phrase is of all the commissions that we have been given as believers. Of all the commissions. You know, we have you know, the great commission in Matthew chapter 28. Go into all the world and disciple all nations. We have Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus said, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, proclaim that the kingdom of God is coming. So of all the, com the commissions, you know, or the assignments that God has given us on the earth, this particular phrase is the summary. Everything that we do in one way or the other as believers that have been left on the earth is to fulfill this heartbeat of God. 
to bring the world, his own world, into our world. Amen. Everything. So when, if you want to say, what is God doing right now in the world? What has God always desired? What he has always desired and what he's doing is to bring his own world into our world. He wants to bring his own world into our world. He wants heaven and earth to collide. He wants heaven and earth to collide. The reason is because the original purpose of the earth, if you remember from Genesis chapter 1, the original purpose of the earth was for God's presence and kingdom to find expression in a place that is physical. Remember when he created Adam and Eve, when he made Adam and Eve, he told them, he said, you know, he said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the earth. You know what? The intention of God was to create a being that was like him. But that will have a physical component that can allow him to express himself in the physical. That's why he created human beings. And the reason why he created the earth is to... Create an arena, an arena where that can play out. So if anybody ever asks you, what is the purpose of the earth? What is the purpose of the physical world? You can always say, according to God's word, the purpose of the earth and the physical world is to be an arena where God's presence and values, kingdom, plays out. And people can experience it. And people can enjoy it. That's the purpose of the earth. So the earth has a purpose. And that purpose is for it to be a stage. It's to, for it to be an arena where the presence of God is manifested. That's what we call the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Where God is ruling. Where God, God is, you know, it's just, it's God's power is being manifested. That's why, you know, God keeps on declaring like in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14 when he says for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. In other words, God says the awareness of God's glory will fill the earth. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I plan to do. So listen everyone, no matter how the earth is right now, the original intention of God has not changed. We are in an agenda that is called the kingdom agenda. And that kingdom agenda is for God's presence and God's values to fill this entire earth. That's what it has always been about. That's what it is about. That's what everything we're doing is about. That's why we must disciple all nations. That's why we must preach the gospel. That's why we must live the gospel. That's why we marry. That's why we give back to children. That's why we gather in church. That's why we pray. That's why we do everything that we do. It's so that what? The presence of God, the glory of God can be literally felt in this world. So, if that is the purpose of the earth, you guys know that when the purpose of something is not being fulfilled, if something is created for a purpose and that purpose is not being fulfilled, you know it's going to malfunction, right? It's going to malfunction. So you can also be able to diagnose what is going on with the nations right now. 
You can also be able to diagnose what is going on with the families, uh, families, family realm. You can be able to diagnose what is going on with the business realm, what is going on in the entertainment realm, what is going on in the educational realm, what is going on in our government, what is going on in our cities, what is going on all around in Chicago, on the south side, on the north side, on the west side, what is happening in Nigeria, happening in Africa, happening in Europe, what is happening right now? Who can tell me what is happening from what I just shared? What, what is it? Answers. Yes, what is the reason behind answers? What is the reason behind, you know, black lives? Why we have to say black lives matter? What is the reason behind it? The what? Say injustice. So based on what I just shared with you, the reason is because the earth was created to function maximally with the presence of God. If the presence of God is not there, if it is not in any of those spheres, then it's going to malfunction. So listen, everything that we're seeing right now, happening all around, is a symptom. It's a symptom of something that is missing. It's a symptom of the absence of the presence of God, of the reality of God. Sickness is a symptom or is a manifestation of the absence of God, who is health. Poverty is a symptom of the manifestation of God, who is wealth. Injustice is a manifestation of the absence of God, who is justice. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Come on, can I get an amen? From those of you watching online, can I get an amen? <laughs> All right. Are you following me? I want us to get it. Somebody say after me, say, what is missing in the world right now? It's not another politician. Say it again. Say, what is missing in the world right now? It's not another politician. It is not another religion. It is not another ideology. What is missing in this world right now is the kingdom of God. It's the presence of God. It's the manifested presence of God. Do you know that wherever the kingdom of God breaks out and manifests, a lot of these things, when the kingdom is being expressed, a lot of these things just melt out naturally. It's like you just turn on the light. You know, when you see darkness, right? You know, you can be fighting the darkness, right? You can be fighting the darkness, fighting the darkness, fighting the darkness. But that's not the way you defeat darkness. How do you defeat darkness? You turn on the light. Light naturally defeats darkness. It says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not any, anything made that was made. In him was life. And the light, sorry, in him was light, and the light, the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness overcame it not. Everybody say after me, say, What is missing in our world? Say, say, What is missing in our world? In our world is the kingdom. Is, that's the solution. That is the solution. That is the solution. The kingdom must come. The kingdom must manifest. The presence of God can, must come. Can you imagine in the house, guys, in, the, in our homes, in our houses, when the kingdom of God is present there, right? When the presence of God is present there, 
and the kingdom, I'm talking about really expressed and experienced, what usually happens? You have harmony, right? You have peace there. You know, you have healing. You have all those things in there because the presence of God is manifested there. All the things going on, going wrong in our world right now is because of the absence of the presence of God and of the kingdom of God. That's the reason. Because the world was created for that purpose. So if we are going to, listen, if we are going to live the maximized life that God wants us to live, if we are going to maximize the earth, if we are going to, you know, be the believers, the Christian, the church that he wants us to be, then we must be people of the presence. Everybody say we must be people of the presence. Can I hear everybody say that? Say we must be people of what? Of the presence. We must be people of the kingdom. We must understand the true solution. We must understand what is truly missing. I'm telling you, the Democrats or the Republicans are not the solution. No, are you getting the political parties not the solution? Another ide ideology is not the solution. The solution is the kingdom because what is missing is the kingdom. What is missing is the presence of God. So th therefore, we all must commit to be people who carry the presence of God in our homes, in our, first of all, in our own personal life, in our homes, and then into our workplaces, and into our cities, into our families, extended families everywhere. We must be people who carry the love of God, who carry the kingdom of God, displaying the kingdom of God, and we must be people who broker the kingdom of God. We must be kingdom brokers. Everyone say kingdom brokers. We experience it and then we broker it everywhere. We give it to people. We show it everywhere. We express it everywhere. The more people express, expressing the kingdom, the more we begin to see the darkness begin to recede. So when the darkness is raining, it's because the light is dim or the light is covered. When the darkness is raining on the earth, it's because the presence of God is not in this world sufficiently. Guys, we're dealing with experience now. So I'm, I'm talking not, I'm not just talking about legally or ideologically. We know God is everywhere, right? I'm going to be know God is everywhere, right? But I'm talking about the what? The active presence of God is not enough in this world. The active presence of God is not yet enough in this world. And that's why we still have the active presence of the devil causing problems. So the question is that if the active presence of God is not in this world, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? If the active presence of God is not enough in our families, if the active presence of God is not enough in our bodies, if the active presence of God is not enough in our communities, Whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? No. And we're going to be seeing it you know, as we begin to study. The fault is because the people who have been created to carry that presence are not even aware of it. The people who have been called to carry that presence don't even know it. We're not even aware of it. We don't even know how to interact with it. In fact, we're not even conscious of it at all. That's the problem. The day that the people who are called to carry the presence of God, the believers, we, the day we become conscious of the presence of God and we, learn, we know 
how to broker it, how to release it, how to work in it. That's the day that the problems of this world begin to recede. Thank God for some people who are catching the revelation. Thank, for, thank God for those who have lived before us that we can read about or hear about. Some people that rose up, they had a revelation of God. For example, there are some people that had a revelation. Someone like Martin Luther, you know, they had a revelation of, you know, of justification by faith. And that's what, you know, broke everybody. A lot of people away from the Catholic Church where uh, people could actually have a personal relationship with God and know that I don't have to be justified by the works that I do. Thank God for people, you know, who had the experience at Azusa Street, who had the encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's how the Holy Spirit and the restoration of the gift of the Spirit began to fill the whole world again. And now, all over the place, the Pentecostal and Charismatic churches, they are the most effective in different nations right now that are reaching people and bringing people for many generations. Thank God for people like Oral robots that had the revelation of healing and they began to proclaim it and all that and people began to come, people began to get saved and it became a normal, thank God for people or, you know people that, got, that just caught a revelation of the presence of God and then in their generation they began to proclaim it and then things began to change, the earth began to shift in the direction of God's purpose that's why we're enjoying some of the things that we're enjoying right now Martin Luther King Jr. too he got a revelation. He got a revelation of justice. He got a revelation of peace. He said he had a dream. He had a dream of non-violent, non-violent transformation of the nation where people can come together into a beloved community. And then he went to, for it and pursued it. That's why we enjoyed certain things that we enjoy. It's a manifestation of the kingdom of God. I'm telling every one of you right now, listening to me, watching me, that what the world is missing right now is the presence. It's the presence of God. And I'm praying today that somebody is going to catch the presence. Oh, I'm saying somebody is going to catch the presence. I can't get an amen. I, I said somebody is going to catch that presence. I'm not talking about the dormant presence. I'm talking about the active presence of God walking through your life, expressing itself through your life. Somebody is going to catch it. Somebody is going to catch some fire. So let's, 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 let's get into it. So what, we, what, we're, what we're doing this month, in the month of November, is that we are, our goal is to you know, we have, we, to follow God into the experience. Everybody say the experience. The experience of heaven on earth. We want to experience heaven on earth. Everybody say heaven on earth. The active presence of God moving in our world, moving in our families, the experience. Heaven kisses our earth. We're going beyond words. We're going beyond words into power. We're going beyond Bible stories into personal experience. We're going beyond desires into real experience. We're talking about the realm of encounter. Hallelujah. We're delving into it. Amen. Let me say something. Everybody look at me. Let me say something. I hope you guys are getting a picture that I'm trying to paint. I'm trying to introduce this series, you know, today. I hope you are getting a picture. I just, I need you to get the picture before we go into all the, you know, the, the different things that we can see into the, you know, in the Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer, like I said it. You know, I want you to get something, get the picture. What, what kind of, what, how will life look? What kind of life will it be when you wake up in the morning? In fact, not, not waking up when you're going to sleep. I'm sure you guys know that. I, I don't know if you have heard it before, that when it comes to the Bible, your day actually starts at night, right? 
So the way it is in the Bible, they said in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, I said, and it was night and it was day, right? And then it was one day. So it started at night. So a lot of people don't know that when they are going to bed, it's actually when their day starts. So, so basically, you're going to, to bed with the presence of God. And then God begins to work some things in you while you are sleeping. Then you wake up in the morning to continue your day. And then you, are, you, you hear the voice of God speaking to you. You are the joy of the Lord. You know, all around you, like inside of you. You are just so joyful. You feel the presence of God in your body. You feel that, you know what, when I was sleeping, you know, he has healed me. He has, you know, strengthened me. You jump up from the bed with strength. You jump up from the bed with confidence. And then you can see ahead into the day. Then you get into your day and you have God talking to you and guiding you through every step of the day. Telling you this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do concerning this. And then you see the presence of God, the power of God flowing through you and the wisdom of God flowing through you as you get involved in your, in all the things that you are going to be doing on that day and in your interaction with people. How will life be? How will life be if you had the answer directly from God to your question? How will life be if we are working under that influence, that influence on a continual basis, not that we dip into it and come out of it, not that we don't have any idea, but you are working right there in that influence. How will your life be? How many of you would love that? That's the way... What I'm trying to say, that's the way life was created. That's the way God created it to be. We're just living be, be, you know, below it. Do you get it? We're living below it. That He created us to experience His presence. And, you know, I, I have some more things to say on that, but I, gotta, you know, I want to move on. But I just want you guys to see that picture. And what will it be for a community? What will it be, will it be for a family? What, what will it be for a church? What will it be, you know, for, you know for, for all of us as we gather, that everybody is having that experience, and then when we gather together in church, and when we gather together in our small groups, and when we gather, everybody is talking from an overflow. From an overflow of what has taken place, you know, or what is taking place in their life of real experience. And then we go outside. We meet somebody who is sick, somebody who, who, who is lame, somebody who is blind. And all of us just laugh and say, well, this is one of the expressions of the kingdom of darkness here. And we carry the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Or we see a business. You know, say a business, they say, you know, something has been upon that business, you know. It's not just rising, or a family, or a person. And we just say, oh, no, we, we have the kingdom of God. We carry the presence of God. And so we speak to that thing, and then it changes. Or we lay hands on stuff, and then they change. That is the way it's supposed to be. The presence. We're supposed to carry it, to experience it. Listen, I'm telling you. Christianity, or what do you call it, you know, have, you know, our lives as believers, I want to tell you, we are living below our capacity. We're not, we're not living in the fullness of God's will. Because we still see believers, we still see us, you know, believers, we see believers that we, we have all this kingdom of the devil things around us. You understand? In our, living with us in the same house. I'm talking about it's happening around, it's happening around us in our bodies sometimes and all that. It's all around us and we just tolerate it. And sometimes we don't even know what to do about it. So we just live there. Right? But we are supposed to be able to bring the presence of God into the situation. Into every situation. How many of you are going to be that? Do you want to join me? Someone say, I'm going to be, I'm, I, I am going for that. So it's, it takes a pursuit. Everybody say, a pursuit. It takes a pursuit. You have to pursue it. You have to seek after it. First um, Corinthians 14 verse 2. I want to start with that because, you know, I want everybody to just have a desire. This thing doesn't just happen anyhow. 
You don't just begin to carry the presence of God. And just like that, you have to pursue it. So for you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God. Since people don't, won't be able to. No, no, verse 1, sorry, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Verse 1, please. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities of this, that the Spirit gives. Uh, the, the NK gave you whatever I said, but pos, you know, follow after love, but also earnestly pursue, or earnestly desire. Amen. Desire spiritual gifts. Spiritual, you know what desire, you know, there has to be a desire for this thing. The beginning of anything that, you know, God is going to do through his kingdom in our lives is desire. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of God. For this is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was trying to tell us that the kingdom of God will only manifest, this presence that we're talking about is only going to manifest when our desires become strong enough for it. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? When, you, when, when we begin to say, I want you to look at me. Some of you are writing, look at me for this moment. When we all begin to say, Lord, if we don't experience this presence, we don't want any other thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want nothing except you give me this presence. Except this thing is real in my life. Except I'm walking in tangibility of it. And then we say, we close this one. I'm going to, that's why people fast. That's why we fast. That's why we pray. That's why we seek. Because we're just saying that every other thing. You know, I'm tired of living life below capacity. I'm tired of allowing the things that I'm supposed to conquer to conquer me. I'm, I'm tired of living in such a way that the resources and all the things that I have, I'm not, I'm not releasing it as much as I ought. I'm tired of living in this kind of community when you are provided the answer. When I read the Acts of the Apostle that we just finished studying for the past three months. They did not live that way. They had the power. They were changing. They were transforming their world. They were tapping into the realities of heaven. Peter's shadow was healing the sick. Peter did not have two heads. We need to get to the point where we're not tired. We're, sorry, 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 when, we are, when we are tired of living that way and when we just we begin to pursue earnestly. You see, one, one of the major tools of the devil to stop us from getting... Please go to that Matthew chapter 5 that I was, uh, I was reading. You know, the Beatitude. Let me find it. You see, one of the tools of the devil that he uses to stop us and to keep us where we are is lethargy. It was a lethargy. And just settling. And just accepting that this is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, well, this is supposed to be. Anytime, you know, I wake up every morning. I don't feel the presence of God, anything. I do, if I, I feel the devil, you know, chasing me, demons are all over my body, you know, these are all over my life, and, you know, it's, everything is just, there's no light, there's no, there's no revelation, there's no experience, you know, it's just, you know, it's just day to day, I'm not fulfilled, you know, I don't even know what, what this Christianity is all about, you know, it's not real to me, I'm not experiencing anything that is heavenly, everything that's happening to those who, are, who have no relationship with God is the same thing that is happening to me, my, in my, nothing is going right in my life my life is not going right, my spiritual life is not growing, my finances are not changing, my relationships are not changing, it's exactly the same thing that's what is going on in my life, but you know what, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, and so we just continue we continue our Netflixing, we continue our Huluing, we continue all those kind of stuff, not knowing that we are like, what do you call it, we are like uh, the, the frog that they put inside you know, water, and they began to just you know, increase the, you know, the temperature of it and 
you know, until we boiled to death, we would not know anything because it was being increased, increased gradually until we're totally mummified as Christians. And before we know it, we're actually advocating or doing things that are contrary to the kingdom completely. It's time to wake up. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For this is this kingdom that we're talking about. This expression on the earth of heaven. What, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? To be poor in spirit is to be in a state of desperation. Everybody say desperation. Desperation like, God, God, I have nothing except I have this kingdom. Somebody say after me, say I have nothing except I experience your presence. Say it, say it, say, say Lord, I have nothing. Except I experience your presence, your tangible presence. I want to feel you. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to transfer you, to transmit you tangibly. I want to be able to release your power into situations, into people, to speak with authority. I know these things belong to me legally, but I want to experience them. I don't want any other thing except I have this. Because I know when I have this, I have every other thing. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. Look at the next one, verse 4. Verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The mourning was talking about there is that you are, you know, you are, you are mourning. You are, you are like, your heart is just crying. Oh God, oh God, I just want more of you. I just want more of your presence. You know, I mean, what was that song that we were singing? All I want is for you, you to be glorified, you to be lifted. You know, that was, I just, that's all I just, I just want more. I just want to see you. I just want to see you in my own life. I want to taste this thing. That's the morning he's talking about there. He said, you'll be comforted. Look at the next one, verse 5. Verse 5. This was the fourth set of things Jesus began to, began to teach us about the kingdom. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek are the people who are totally submitted to God. You know, they, they are seeking God. They are the ones that will inherit the earth because they are going to have what it takes to rule the earth, what it takes to make the earth become what it was supposed to be. They're going to know the purpose of the earth and the power that controls the earth. Verse 6. Verse 6. Blessed are those who, which hunger. Let's read it together. I want to go. Blessed are those who do what? Who hunger. And what? And thirst after. For they what? Oh, some say they shall be filled. Listen, how many of you are hungry for God in this place? No, let me say it. And I say it, you know, even if you are going to say it by faith, say, I'm hungry for you, Lord. How many of you want some more? I want, how many of you want more? Oh, do you guys want to continue Christianity that is just powerless? Experienceless? Christianity that is not different from the world? When a Buddhist stands before you or somebody with some power from Eastern religion and all that, some meditation, they can produce the same thing that you can produce? Is that the kind of Christianity that we want? No, we have the superior thing. We, ho we have access to it right now. But you don't work in it until you press into it. We don't walk in it until we press into it. So I've made up my mind. I, I, don't want, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. I don't want religion, mere religion anymore. I don't want to blend in. I don't want City Light to blend in. In this city. 
you know, I don't want us to, you know, our services like this, from this to this and to this, and then that's what we keep repeating all the time. There's no manifestation of the presence. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. No, 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 no. I want heaven to fill the earth. I want the unpredictability of heaven to happen in my life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? I want to find myself in situations and circumstances where everyone just shows up and everybody, and I'm like, whoa, what just happened? What just happened? What just, I want to come to service and we say, what just happened? That's why people are getting tired of church. Because church has become nothing more than a social club. And people can find, people can find, people can find relationship in social club. Rotary club, fraternities, sororities. You can find relationship. You can just, even we can even sing songs that are sweeter than the ones that we sing. What's the difference? The difference is the touch of heaven. And that is what the church is lacking. Is the touch of heaven. When was the last time that you faced an issue and you talked to the God of the kingdom, the father of the kingdom, and he gave you an answer, you applied it, and instantly everyone broke down into it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's Christianity. That's what we need to pursue. All right? Oh, man, 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 man. Okay, let me, let me, let me quickly talk about um, some points that I want to. So how do we begin to shift into this experience of heaven on earth? So that's what I want to teach throughout this month, and I'll push it into December and so on. How do we experience this heaven on earth where the presence of God, where we're experiencing the presence of God in reality? In the, what we call the lost prayer, Jesus gave us how it is done. So let's go back to um, uh, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. So Jesus Christ taught us there. So he's been teaching about the kingdom, like teaching it. He taught the beatitude. He's been teaching, teaching all those things. Then he gets to this point. He says, now I want to teach you how to pray. Now, he's not saying that you should pray this thing verbatim, right? That's not what this thing is about. It's not like verbatim, Father, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, that will be da da da, that's it in heaven. Give us this day our deliverance. Forgive us. Just name Amen. No, no, we do that. And we teach our kids to do that. No, that's not what he was saying. He was giving us, he was teaching, he was giving us an outline of how we can connect with God to bring heaven to earth. How we can connect with God to bring what? Heaven to earth in our personal experience. So he was giving us different outlines. So we're going to be looking at those things. So the first thing I want to talk about today in us moving on, I have three points. The first thing, the first, my first point is embrace heaven's realities. That's the beginning. Let's start with that. Embrace what? Heaven's realities. Just like we are sitting down in this place now, you know, as we're sitting down right now, there, there are radio waves, you know, all kinds of waves and flowing in this room, right? That we are completely unaware of. In other words, there are certain realities that are present with us right now that we're completely unaware of. 
as I'm, see, as I'm speaking right now, my sound is going, it's being transmitted into radio waves. It's being received by that receiver over there, which is then transmitted into the electrical whatever, which goes underneath this place, goes to that place, and then comes out again into all the speakers, and it's all happening instantaneously. All the speakers and whatever, the, the, the TV, the, the, uh, the, the cameras and all that, picking up all these things, picking up stuff, trans transferring it over there. We're streaming it live to people right now, and people can access it all over the world. At, the, you know, at this moment, as we're talking right now, all these things are being done by invisible realities that we're not aware of. As we're in this place right now, CNN is broadcasting into this place, BBC, CBS, all those things are in this place. If we, if we turn, if, and then internet and all that, if you just turn on your phone, you have the right receiver, right, that is powered. You can begin to access it. Okay? So this is what, when I say embrace heaven, heaven's reality, we're looking at this first phrase there, where it says, pray like this, our Father in heaven. In, whatever I say, in heaven. Please show that scripture. Our Father in heaven. I want to explain heaven's reality. Our Father in heaven. I'll talk about our Father next. But in heaven. The question is, what is heaven? What is heaven? Usually, when people hear heaven, what comes to their mind is up there. So, we travel into space, right? And then we land on a planet that is called heaven. But no. Help that because that's still part of the physical world. Do you get what I'm saying? No matter how far you travel in the universe, right? And land on Pluto or any other planet or any other galaxy, they are all still part of the physical world. Physical world. I need uh, something that I can hold to illustrate this. Somebody else give me something round or whatever. Okay, maybe I'll use the bottle. Thank you. So let's say this is the physical world. Let's say this is the universe as vast as it is, right? All these ones represent the physical world. Even the solar system, all the billions of galaxies, they represent the physical world. But surrounding this physical realm, right? Now, listen, there are certain things that are in the physical world, right? Even in the physical world that human beings, right, can see and sense, right? You can sense heat, right? You can sense cold. We can see light, right? We can see objects. We can see many things. There are many things that we can perceive. But how many of you know there are some other things in the physical realm that we can't perceive, right? That's just in the physical realm alone. For example, right now, they are blowing a dog whistle here. There was a time we tried it. So we did it on our phone. You know, on your phone, you can do dog whistle. So the kids could hear it, and my wife and I could not hear it. I could not believe it. Remember that day? Jesse and Joshua and Pearl, they were hearing it very clearly. But my wife and I, we could not hear it. Because when you grow older, your, your hair can't hear that frequency anymore. But the kids were hearing it. And they were, I was like, you guys are lying. And they were just laughing at us. This is, this is loud. And we could not hear it. Now, there are certain frequencies of sound also that they blow it. All the dogs in the area, they will start but human beings have no idea. <laughs> They're not aware. 
There was a time that there was supposed to be a, an earthquake was, was happening right there in the United States. You know, some years ago, I think about three years ago, that broke the, or maybe four, five years, I don't remember, that broke the Empire State Building a little bit, right? That they had to repair it. They said animals in the zoo were already agitated and active before, long before human beings <laughs> even says anything was happening. Animals were already running. Were only, why are these animals running, behaving this way? The animals were sensing it. But human beings could not sense anything. Infrared rays, X-rays, all those things, they are all part of the spectrum, but we cannot perceive them. Ultraviolet rays. So there are so many things that we can't even perceive physically in this one. But listen, but outside this one, there is another dimension that exists simultaneously that surrounds this one. That is what is called heaven. That's what the New Testament calls what? Heaven. It's a dimension. Heaven is a dimension of existence beyond the physical. It is not a physical place. It is a simultaneously existing dimension that surrounds the physical and that seeks to influence the physical because it gave birth to the physical. It is the ex existing superior reality that gave birth to this physical world. It is the domain of God. Someone say amen. It's the domain of God. Sometimes God will open human beings' eyes through his spirit and you just peep into it and you see angels, right? Or like Elijah, when they came, is it Elijah or Elisha? Elisha, when they came to arrest him and the, the, the servant was, was afraid, he said, Lord, open his eyes. And then they opened, it, opened his eyes and he saw that in that same dimension, there was another dimension, angels, chariots of fire surrounding them that you could not see physically. There was a time that uh, Jacob was lying down, you know, he, he used the stone the stone uh, as his pillow and he slept there. Then he woke up in the morning. You know, he had a dream of angels descending and ascending. There was a ladder. They are descending and ascending to heaven. And he woke up and said, God, the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. He said, the Lord was in this place and I did not know it. And he named the name of the place. You know, is it Bethel? Is that right? Something, you know? He said, the Lord. Or is it Pena? You know, yeah, it was Bethel. Yeah. In the name, God is in this place and I did not know it. Listen, guys. God is in this place. But we are not aware many times. God is in your house. God is everywhere there. He's moving, transmitting, doing stuff. But many times we're not aware. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what you say. It was, it's at hand. It's about to break forth. It's upon us right now. It's upon this world. But we are not aware of it. Heaven. Everybody say Heaven. It's another dimension. Can I see, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 quickly. Ephesians 1 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. In what? Just think about that. So all the, spirit, all the blessings that we need to survive in this world, God put it in the what? In the heavenly dimension. Right? To be transferred into the earthly dimension. Then he made our spirit part of that heavenly dimension. So that our spirit can 
access information. Our spirit can access revelation and wisdom and whatever it is to bring those things from that realm into this realm. To make it our experience. Somebody say, say, say to me, say, say after me right now, say everything I need. Say, say everything I need in this world is already deposited in the heavenly realm. In the realm of God. All I need to do is to make it my experience. Everything. Everything that this world needs is already deposited in that realm. So what is, what's, what's, what's causing it? We're not accessing it. There's a bank of information. Do you know that? Do you guys know that? There's a bank of information. That's where inventions come from. There's a vault in the heavenly realm of information. That's where revelation comes from. That's where new books come from. That's where new songs come from. That's where new ideas come from. That's where new businesses come from. Things that will change the world and disrupt another. That's where those things come from. And some people, they just get access to it and they transform the world. But some people are blind to it. And we're just operating by the natural. We're just operating by the limited capacity of our mind. And so we remain limited. No, I don't want that anymore. Someone say, I don't want that anymore. Somebody say, I want heaven on earth. Say, heaven on earth. God's so, Jesus said something there in the prayer. Go back to that prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Look at your kingdom comes soon. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, that word, as it is in heaven, is where I'm going. Because I'm still talking about the reality of heaven. As it is in heaven. You know what it is? It is means that there are certain things that are present, permanent in heaven. It is. Let me give you some things that are present and permanent in heaven. There's no sickness in that realm. There's no scarcity in that realm. There's no depression in that realm. There's no lack of direction or wisdom in that realm. There's no distance in that realm. Are you listening to me? There's no limitation in that realm. That realm that I'm talking about is the realm of all possibilities. There are infinite combinations of things that could happen. It just depends on anybody that can access them. That's why the Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. In other words, it is a realm of infinite possibilities and combinations and permutations. Anything can happen there. As it is in heaven, there are certain things that are settled in heaven. They are there. God is saying in this place that in heaven, in that realm, the intention of God, the desires of God, the will of God. Amen. All possibilities, perfect alignment is there, always present. So when you jump into that realm, your life begins to come into alignment. When you seek that realm first, your life begins to come into alignment in every area. Heaven begins to come upon the world. Is anybody getting excited about it? You know, there was a time, oh my God. Ooh, God, 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 God. I'm going to talk about here. There are decrease in tensions and expression of God's nature and desire surrounding us, wasting to burst upon this world. Things that, are, that we are meant to experience on the earth in that place. But what happens? We experience the contrary because we have not tapped into that vault 
so that it's expressed in our world. So there was a time that Jesus Christ, in Matthew 12, 28, Jesus, they, they were accusing Jesus Christ, you can play something for me now, they were accusing Jesus Christ of, um, of being a, a devil. Right, that the reason why, the way he was casting out devils is through the power of Satan. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and said, you guys, first of all, he tells them, you guys are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit because you are ascribing what God is doing. You are ascribing it to the devil. I said, there's no forgiveness for such a thing. If you are doing it intentionally, not in this world or in the world that is to come. But he now told them, he said, yeah, you guys don't know. He said, but if it is by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing, I'm reading the message translation, then God's kingdom is here for sure. How in the world do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an, of an awake, able-bodied man and walk away with his possession unless you tie him up first? Tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Jesus was telling them that, you guys see me casting out devils, healing the sick, and doing all those things. Do you guys, do you guys just think that these things are just happening? No. He's saying that. He was telling them, he said, what you are seeing is the expression of heaven on the earth. Dealing with the devil. Binding, losing, tying him up. And casting out the strong man is the expression of heaven on the earth. So listen, everything that we see Jesus doing as a man, it was God and man at the same time, but he left, he left his godly attributes. Because if God, if Jesus Christ came here as just as God and doing, did all those things as God, I will be impressed by what he did, but I cannot follow his example, right? But because he was a man like us, right? Also, and he did it, then I can follow his example. That's why we can do the same thing he did. What he was saying was that the secret of my ministry, the secret of everything that I'm doing is that I have learned how to tap into heaven and I release heaven everywhere. Amen. And as I release heaven, I clean house. Someone say, I clean house. Clean house of sickness. Clean house of devils. In fact, sometimes it will get to a place and the demons will start shouting. How many of you want something like that? It belongs to you. You enter into your village and the demons will start to shout. Oh, she has come. Oh, she has come. Oh, and they begin to run elter skelter all over the place because the kingdom of God has arrived. Everywhere you get to, there is an agitation that is taking place because, uh, why? Because somebody has come with the presence of heaven. And one of the things about the presence of heaven is that the darkness cannot comprehend it. The, the darkness cannot stay there when the light has arrived. Demons have to bow when the presence comes. That presence is yours to carry. That presence is, yours to, is ours to experience. But it takes a pursuit to be able to walk in that kind of a realm. It's time for us to start cleaning out the devil. To start setting devils packing from our cities from our families just because we know how to carry the presence of God and how to broker it. You guys get that? So the first thing is encounter. Everybody, everybody say after me, sorry, embrace. I want to say embrace the realities of heaven. 
I want you to embrace it. Embrace that all the resources you need is already deposited in that realm. Embrace that there's another realm that you can't see with your physical eyes that exists. Exist. Embrace that it's a place where all your wildest dreams, all your wildest desires in God are already deposited. Embrace that there's a place where there are spare parts for your for bodies that have been put in there. That it created the body in the first place. Nobody creates anything without having spare parts, right? If you buy a Tesla or buy whatever, if you want to replace, repair something, then you, you, you send it back to Tesla, right? And they will replace it. Or you send it back to Apple and they will replace it. God also that created our bodies has spare parts there. He has a store of spare parts. And right now, God can release something from heaven, a spare part from heaven to, to change your liver, to change your kidney, to change your eye, to change your hair, to change your lungs, to change whatever has been broken. Can I get some faith people in this place? Say amen. That's what we are stepping into. I'm saying God is replacing organs. God is replacing organs. God is replacing, replacing your womb. Amen. The doctor said you can never have a child, but God replaces that womb. I said I was the one that created it in the first place. I have a replacement. There is no limitation in this realm. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. You know, so powerful. Matthew chapter 8. You know, after Jesus finished preaching this thing about the kingdom, he began to demonstrate it. You know, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, after he finished, they said, Look at what happened. How powerful that kingdom is. He just was pro- pro- uh, proclaiming the kingdom. So let, let, let's start from, uh, uh, from when he got to Peter's mom's house. So he just finished preaching this message and then began to demonstrate it. Maybe start from verse 13 or so. And said, look at it. He said, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so it be done unto you. And the servant was healed in that same, same hour. So there was a guy that came and says, my, you know, my servant, you know, uh, my servant is sick. And Jesus spoke the word. That person got healed. Then they came into Peter's house. He saw the wife's mother, the mother-in-law was sick, was sick. And then Jesus Christ laid his hand upon her. I'm sorry. So Jesus touched her hand. And the fever immediately left her. The kingdom broke through into that. And she arose and began to serve them instantly. She began to serve instantly. She knew the purpose of her strength. The purpose of your healing is for service. The purpose of your health is for service. She knew it. She began to serve. And she touched, yeah, and she arose and began to serve them, began to minister to them. That's a revelation to somebody. When God heals you, what are you going to do with that strength? To serve. And that's part of what you do. God, this strength is for your service. So right now, I receive now the experience of the kingdom in my body because I will serve the kingdom. Verse, verse 6. So verse 16. Verse 16. So he did that. And then, this is where I'm going. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word. And healed all that were sick. Verse 17. Verse 17. That he might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took her infirmities and bore sicknesses. So in the evening, they were just bringing people from everywhere to Jesus. And they were just speaking to the demons. You demon of depression, get out. There was no counseling. There was no counseling. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with counseling, but Jesus does not have time for counseling. He's like, get out! <laughs> get out! 
get out. He didn't, what was the history of it? Who did it? Where did it come from? He didn't answer any question. Get out. Get out. Get out. Sometimes we're playing too much defense. We're playing too much games with all these stupid things that are afflicting our minds and afflicting our body. Instead of allowing the kingdom of God to fall upon it, we rub it with the head. We put never coin. We put, I'm not saying I'm against any one of those things. Amen. You need them, but I'm saying that there's a power that is above all those stuff that can deliver people from depression. That can deliver people. They can deliver people from abuse. They can deliver people from oppression, homosexuality. Every one of these things that is hell in our world. There's a power that can set people free from these things. But we believers, we are not tapped into their presence and their power. My people have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hymned to, to themselves broken systems that can contain no water. We have turned to the secular. We have turned to, you know, what the world can provide. When we have the real answer, we have to bring heaven down upon people. Heaven, somebody say, say heaven down. Say heaven down upon my mind. Heaven down upon my body. Heaven down upon my family. Heaven down upon my business. Heaven down upon that situation. And that even situation gets solved instantly. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting something? Are you getting something? How many of you are getting stirred up in your spirit? Instead of in our spirit, this belongs to us. This is not fables. This belongs to us. You can pray. Blind eyes will open. You can pray, and this and people will be healed. Solutions will come. Restoration will come. Peace will come. You can do it. You can do it because you have the correct receiving equipment. You have the radio. You have the receiver. The only thing that you need to do is to tune to the frequency of heaven. We have the equipment, we have the phone, we have all those things. We just need to tune, to fine-tune ourselves to the frequency of that's all. Everybody say fine-tuning myself. Say say fine-tuning myself to the frequency. And that's let me let, let me do this and I'll how heavy that I'll continue next week. Number two, embrace heaven's ruler or encounter heaven's ruler. So the first one is the realities of heaven. But this one. It's how you begin to fine-tune so that you can experience the reality. You have to encounter the ruler of heaven. You have to encounter him. So, go, go back to our verse again because we're meditating on the Lord's prayer. He said, pray like this. Our Father. Everybody say, Our Father. So, we have talked about in heaven, right? But our Father. That is the ruler of heaven. Oh my God, my God. Everybody look at me. There is a personal being who created and dwells in the realm of heaven. A personal, real being. You see, when we talk about beings, many of us, what comes to our mind is somebody who has a physical body like us. So when we're talking about God, we actually create God in our own image. You know, the Bible says God created us in his own image. But we, we try to create God in what? Our own image. So we picture a God who has 
is just like us, has all that and everything. No. But the God that we're talking about goes beyond all that. He's a being, but he's not a corporeal. It's not like with a physical body that we have, but he's a being. So our whole concept of being is that the person must, you know, have a hand, do stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? But we don't even understand. We don't, we don't even get what being, I mean, the, the different dimension of what being can be. Are you getting what I'm saying? A mouse is a being. It's a, what do you call it? An ant is a being. It's a different kind of being that we have. Now, when we're talking about God, we're talking about a different kind of being. And the kind of being that he is, is an all-powerful, ever-present, everywhere being. Hallelujah. Everybody say, ever-present, everywhere, righteous, loving, powerful, creative being with no limitation. He can be everywhere at the same time. That's the kind of being he is. He can, oh man, I don't even know. You know, when you sing that song, it's, it's indescribable. You got it? Indescribable. Um, who made something like that? It's just you can't. You can't describe him. So any kind of uh, whatever that you have in your mind, take it away. Just know that he's a personal being who speaks, who talks, who loves, who cares. Very powerful, and who can be related with you can converse with him and that's where I'm going Psalm 115 verse 14 to 16 says may the Lord richly bless both of you and your children may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth the heavens belong to the Lord but he has given the earth to all humanity he's talking about a personal being there who is very benevolent and who blesses it's not just energy. Do you get what I'm saying? But he has energy. He's the source of all energy. He's, he's not just, uh, what do you call it, part of nature. He's not just energy or whatever. He's a relatable, personal being. Somebody that can talk to you in your house. You and him alone can converse. And he can give instructions. And somebody who enjoys time with you. Who can laugh? <laughs> Who can crack jokes? Who can feel you, understand? And who can also feel pain? That was a grief, not the spirit. Who can be stopped? Quench not the spirit. That you can say no to. And you say, oh, oh you said no. Oh, but I wanted to bless you. I wanted to do that. But you know, I'm, I'm going to respect your no. He's a real person that we can all know intimately. He is. You see, the word father there, so powerful, our father. The word father there is from the Greek word pater, which means source, sustainer. He's the source of everything and the sustainer of everything. Listen, he's the biggest thing in the universe. Everybody say the biggest thing. You know, I say, who is the big guy? The big guy here. Who is the, the big guy? Who is the, who is the thing? Who is the thing going on? He's the one. 
is the biggest reality in the universe. Hallelujah. The greatest reality in the universe. He permeates everything. Created everything. He's here right now. So it shouldn't be hard to find. He's here massively. But he has to be detected. He has to be detected. He's here massively. But we have to be on the frequency. Do you get it? To detect him. The word how are there? Please go back to, uh, to Matthew. Matthew, I'm rounding up. Matthew chapter. Yeah, the word how are there? So Father talks about source, right? He's the one that dwells in that realm that I talked about. He is everywhere, right? And seeking to influence this world, to talk with us, to have fun. He created everything. Wanted to fellowship with Adam and Eve and all Always wanted to fellowship with us and all that. But the word how are there? You know what that word how is? Whenever you say how are home, for example, someone says, This is our church. Hawa speaks of a relationship. It speaks of intimacy. It speaks of a personal ownership and also a corporate ownership. It's mine, it is ours. Do you get what I'm saying? It is... Oh, hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell, tell everybody, and I'm going to continue this thing next week, what I'm trying to tell everyone right now with this message is that this father that we're talking about is somebody that we can have intimacy with. Somebody that can be real in our world, like very real, that you can feel, talk, share with, is surrounding us. In it, we live and move and we have our being. It can be the closest person to you. It can be the most real It can be more real to you than your spouse, than your friends. It's okay. Listen, it's okay for us to seek the principles of God. But if we only have the principles and we don't have the presence, then we have a kingdom without a king. We can seek the precepts, how things work, you know, we teach it and all that, but we need the presence. Everybody say the presence. How will it be if you read my books, you read my books or listen to my message, right? You know, you will know some things about me, but won't you... Like some people read my books and messages in different parts of the world and whatever, but you know me. Because I'm what? I'm right here with you. Amen. And social distance, I forgot. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Presence. Listen. Enough. Enough is enough with dealing with the paper. I would say the paper. You know, a lot, of us, a lot of us are very fluent with the paper. To know the answer by paper, you will pass the quiz. But it doesn't translate into experience. Moses met God and said, God, who am I? God said, you know how God answered him? God said, I will be with you. Who am I? That you should say, I will be with you. You know that God was saying that all your questions will be answered when you learn of my presence. When you learn to walk with me and to fellowship with me. <sighs> Hallelujah. So what do we do? 
is a real person. His presence is what makes the real difference. In fact, when you are reading the Bible, I'll read one more verse to you and then we're going to, we're going to do so. We're going to pray. We're just going to worship and just you know, pray right now. You see, in um, John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, the message translation, John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, the, the Pharisees, Jesus was there presently with them, right? He was there with them, present, you know, present with them. But they couldn't see him. What they were doing is that, look at what Jesus told them in John chapter, John chapter 5, verse 39. John chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. Please, let me display it. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. It says, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly. Because you think you will find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am standing right before you and you aren't willing to receive from me the life that you say you want. So, Jesus was there standing with them, but they were looking into the scripture, looking for life that was standing. Listen, this is what this, listen, this, is what this revelation is saying. When you read the Bible, like we've been talking about activate, right? When you read anything in the Bible, that's not the end. You have to active, you have to what? Actualize it. You have to experience it. The Bible is a pointer to the real person. The Bible is a pointer to the real experience. So, for example, let, let's, say, let's say I read that Peter's shadow, person, Peter's shadow was healing the sick. That's what I read. That doesn't mean I'm experiencing it. The experience will come, right, when I begin to pursue that scripture. I begin to pray it out. I begin to seek it. I begin to declare it. I begin to pray, Lord, I want this. Then when I experience it, right, that's when I'm experiencing the real life presence of Christ. So the question is that how many things do we have in our notes that we read in our Bibles that we stop there? We miss the forest for the trees. It's time to transfer them into experience. And this is the way you do it. My final point. Let's rise up on our feet. My final point. Engage heaven's reverence. My final point. Engage heaven's Reverend. Everybody say, engage everyone's reverence. So I've talked to you about three things today. About how to experience the reality of heaven. The first one is, what? What's number one? Embrace everyone's what? Realities. In other words, know that there's a reality that surrounds us. What's the second point? Encounter everyone's ruler. Relationship with God. And then my final point is what? Engage heaven's reverence. Now, this is what Jesus meant. Show that passage because we're going to do it right now. Show it there. Um, that passage, Matthew chapter 6, it says, May your name be kept holy. That's the secret. That's the secret. That's the secret. So we know the reality of heaven. What is there? We're seeking the presence of the Father. But the way we do it is reverence. Worship. This, this is the word. Worship is how we begin to bring the reality of heaven down. Everybody say worship. May your name be kept what? Holy. Personal 
worship, seeking God, praying, adoring him. That's how heaven is made manifest on the earth. That's the beginning. So I want you to do that. You know, God says this, what I'm looking for, Isaiah 66, verse 1 to 2. What, what is he looking for? Isaiah 66, verse 1 to 2, he says, this is what I'm looking for. He said, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Will you build me a temple as good as that? Will you build me such a resting place? Verse 2. My hands have made both heaven and the earth. They and everything in them are mine. I do not have spoken, but I will bless those who have a humble and what? A contrite heart. Those who tremble at my word. Give me the message translation of this one, of this particular one. He's talking about those who are reverent. Never say reverent. Those who honor his name. Those who hallow his name. Those who live a life of worship. Look at what I said. But those, this, there's something I'm looking for. A person that is simple and plain. Like you are sincere. Reverently responsive to what I say. Hallowed be your name. So what am I saying? To step into this life of heaven on earth, we've got to step into a life of worship. A life of worship. Personal, starting from our own private intimacy, private place of worship. I want to encourage you as we move into this season, as we move into this month, I want you to begin to separate yourself, to have time to worship God, to minister to him, to stay with him alone. And then as we come together, we worship him together. This is how heaven begins to invade our world. When we live lives of worship on a day-to-day basis and we stay there, that's when we begin to experience God. You guys are having some problem with that, right? Yeah, let's, let's just worship God. You know, Lift up your hand right now, everyone. And just begin to worship the Lord. I want you to just yield yourself to him right now. Just yield yourself to him right now. And just, I want you to just open your mouth and just pray. Pray over what we have learned today, what you have heard today. Just say, Lord, I seek this reality. I seek your presence. I seek this reality and I'm dedicating myself to a life of reverence. Heaven on earth. It's going to be a journey. But the way we step into that reality is as we begin to learn to worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. Thank you, Father, for your presence. We honor you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for this journey that you are taking us on. The journey of expressing and manifesting your kingdom and living in your presence and experiencing you tangibly. Thank you, Lord, because you are giving us the way we can step into it. It's through a personal, intimate relationship with you, through a life of worship and a life of reverence. And so, Lord, we're dedicating ourselves. Lift your hands up. We're dedicating ourselves, oh, Lord, to reverencing you, to worshiping you, to focusing on your presence. Hallelujah.
Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.